All right, everyone. Good morning. This is Stay Uncomfortable with your boy, Johan. It's your boy, O. And how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no. No, I'm doing good. Doing good? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. It's been one of those one of those weeks. Really? I couldn't tell you had so much energy this morning. Hey, man. Listen. You got to gotta keep them guessing. Even myself. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Even though I'm not, I'm not in a bad mood this week. I'm actually in a very good mood. I've been, uh, I've been chilling, uh, working too much, but I can't complain. I like my job. But we're not gonna talk talk about our jobs today, no sir. What we're gonna do is talk about how our week went. So, how about you rate yours? My week. I'm not rating my week. I'm rating my You're, right mental. your emotional yeah. spiritual physical yeah and you guys can adopt this in your own household it's a, it's a good way to it's a good way to kind of if you're not much of a talker just kind of you know get the ball rolling yeah especially the husbands yeah so mentally i would say that i am at a i'm like a a 6 and i'm like a 6 cuz i started school again this new semester and i kind of fell back a little bit cuz i missed one week Cause I was kind of just in my, in the habit of the break. Yeah. So I kind of forgot for a second that I was even. That's crazy. Still a college student. That's crazy. You forgot that you were paying for a college course and you just didn't go. Yeah. So I missed like one class, but uh, but it was good. Okay. So in terms of, of mental, like I'm like a six just because I kind of felt back a little bit, but and also I'm a little nervous about graduating, but I'm not. I just want you to know I'm gonna take that day off to go see you graduate. I know I told you this before. Yeah. Are you going to walk? Yeah, they asked me if I am. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Why would I not walk? Like, I'm like the second person in my family to graduate college. Bro, there's a lot of people who, like, college-wise, who choose to get their diploma mailed to them because they don't even care about that. They just want the, the degree. I mean, I get it. I get it. Okay. Uh, emotionally, I give myself a good eight. I give myself a good eight emotionally. Okay. And spiritually, I give myself a good six and a half. Okay, that's good. Yeah, work like work wise. Um, I don't know. I, ha- I haven't. I feel like I haven't done much. Haven't spent much time with God this week, really. Which is hard to do when when um, I got work and gym. So now usually I, I usually I kind of fill my cup back up during mm-hmm. the weekends because then I have the time to you know. Yeah. You know, study his word and pray more and do those type of things. Man, before I give my rating, are you done with that? Yeah. Okay, before I give my rating, you just said something that kind of like, it it, it produces a question in me. You see how you said you're going to fill up your cup again back in the weekends? Yeah. It's, I've had that sentiment too, to like, technically almost like pay God back the time that we didn't have with him during the week. Yeah. And... I feel like that is so Western Christianity unnecessary. Well, I'm not. I don't see that. I know, no, 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 no. I'm just him back. I know, but that's kind of how I see it, though. Like, for example, if I don't, you see how we like pay back sleep. Yeah, like if you don't sleep enough, you like oh, I'm gonna catch up on sleep today. E- exactly, catching up on sleep. Yeah, we really shouldn't have that same attitude towards spending time with God. No, because whenever I think about that. And I'm not saying that, I'm not even going to say that I don't do it because I do, which is why I'm kind of calling myself out here with that. It's almost, that's that has a very deep-rooted religious spirit behind it. Mm-hmm. Because we want to make, like, we basically want to show God, like, oh, just so you know, 
I do pray. Thank you, Sarah. She said, love your content. Stick around. We're going to have a good conversation today. Anyway, um, basically, I, I, I tell myself, oh, you didn't do, you didn't pray this week. You need to pray twice as hard next week. And even in that sentence, you can almost hear the performance-based Christianity in there. Yeah. And we we have to do a lot better when it comes. I feel like we we understand very little about spending time with God. Right. Because I mean, I, I try during the week. And I, I'm pretty sure I can, I do manage, like, with, with what I have. Because yeah. I try even, like, in my 10-hour shifts to really, like, stay in communion yeah. during the whole time. And it's not because it's like, oh, God, I want you to see me. But it's because I just... I really do have this hunger and thirst to get closer to him. Mm-hmm. So in everything that I do, I just really try to involve him somehow. Man, I feel like that's such a good thing to base it off of, though. Because before, when we were kids, we would be told to pray, told to go to church, told mm-hmm. to read the Bible. But now, like once you know we grew up, we have a little bit more spiritual maturity. Yeah. It's like, okay, I want to do this. But then... The lack of discipline that we have is very counterintuitive to what we want to do. Like, for example, I would love to just read the entire Bible. Right. It's possible. Yeah. My wife read 46 books last year alone or 38 books, something like that, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And all the pages that she read is way more than what con- it's contained in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, I can do it. I can put time apart, you know? There's a difference. This is where I have to get better, okay? There's a difference between giving God the end of my day and making time for God. Throughout the day. You know, throughout the day and even having a consecrated time with God at the end of the day. Like, Mm -hmm. no one's going to call me at this time. I'm not going to pick up any phone calls. It's just going to be me. Exactly. And I feel like that's where we have to get better because... Once we're intentional about that, I feel like we don't understand the value of spending time with God. I love it. Like, it, like in my attic, like, I just turn all the lights off. Like, mm-hmm. I really, because I, I understand the importance. And I heard it in preachings and in, in, in the Bible, it says, you know, just find a quiet place. Jesus himself, all the time, he would go into the into the forest and he yeah. would spend time with God. We just so, need to take a hike, bro. Go, go like to a lake or something. I don't do woods. Well, Jesus did it, so you better go. Yeah, I'm playing around for those of you listening. Like you don't gotta do that. You can find God in your room. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Just somewhere, just somewhere that you're not being you're constantly not, distracted. You're not distracted. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Even though I would be distracted as hell in the woods, I'm gonna be honest with you. I would too. My anxiety wouldn't let me. Like where's the bears? Yeah, they're. I know they're here somewhere. They they they're looking at me right now. Those little those little sounds that the animals be making or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I would not focus. <laughs> Man, sometimes you gotta ask yourself. Like you ever read the Bible and you be like, huh? They did what? Like the whole washing feet, bro. I'm I'm sorry. I I don't know if I could do that. Like you, we've been to feet washing services before. Yeah. I just can't do it. I can do it. I just don't know. I don't. Something about being having my feet washed is but, like. But you're going to get your feet washed. That's the whole point of the service. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, I don't. You can't touch my feet. I'm That's going. something that I, that, that I would like to practice on on on, on who I'm with one day. Like, well, well, when you're, you know, being married, that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But like a, a stranger coming up, like, yo, let's wash your feet right now, bro. What's up? So anyway, how's your day while they're washing your feet, just looking at you? It's like your barber, like just not like your dentist. Trying to have a conversation with you where they're all up in your mouth and you're is like, uh, I can't talk right now. I feel the same way about getting my feet washed. Like, yo, do you do what you're gonna do and do it quick. 
Like, get out of here. This is a wild segue. It is. It is. Manny's gonna call me out for this one. I promise you that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, just rounding out that point that I was trying to make. I feel like we have to be more intentional about spending time with God. Yeah. And the only way that that's gonna happen, it's gonna be a muscle that we got to work out. Because somebody mentioned it. It's like, it's not going to be fun at first because you're not used to it. It's not something that your brain is uh, privy to doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you weren't born with the innate sense of seeking God. You were born with the innate sense of needing God but not seeking him. Right. So we have to, we really do have to build up that discipline, which is why I'm glad that we're talking about this today. But before I go there, let me go ahead and talk about my week or my ratings. Emotionally, I'm going to give it a nine. Mm. Nine, like I've had many instances this week where I could have lost my joy, and I decided to keep it. Many instances this week where I was being tested. Currently, am and we'll talk about that in a few days. <laughs> in a few days. In a few days, yeah. Maybe next week. <laughs> okay. And um, I'm deciding to keep my cool. You know, I lost mine like like a few days ago, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to remember? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So emotionally, I'm really good. Uh, Spiritually, my closeness to God, I'll give it a six. You know, haven't been praying as much as I want to. Mm -hmm. So again, I need to pick up the pace with that. Try not to do it performance based, but because I have to recognize the value and the necessity in my soul of spending time with my creator. Right. You know, and I feel like I'm going to be very honest with myself. If I ever did understand that, I've kind of forgotten about it. And I have to like reconnect with that. Like, yo, listen, this is not a negotiation. Your soul, just like you need to drink water, your soul needs to spend time with God. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, otherwise you are disconnecting yourself from the very essence of who you are. And what does that say about me? You know, somebody said you need to love yourself enough to spend time with God. So there's that. Um, Physically, <clears throat> hey, yo. You going through puberty again? <laughs> I, I hope so. I would like my voice to drop a few notches. Now I'm playing with you. Um, physically, physically, uh, I am going to give myself a seven just because I've been doing exercise daily. I've been doing a few push-ups, and I've been jumping rope every day when I park my truck for four minutes. It is no joke. I don't, I don't mess with jump rope. Well... And I'm going to be a boxer one of these days. You Just watch. <laughs> I hear that. That's really good for cardio. It is. The car, I mean, boxing in general, is just, it's a good sport. That and, and swimming. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that are very good. And I love swimming, so maybe this summer is going to be the summer, man. Maybe this is going to be the year. But that being said, how did you lose your cool this week? So, what's today? Thursday? Yes, it is. I believe it was actually like, it was actually, I think, like last Friday. So it wasn't really this week. Okay. But what had happened was that my my parents had gone to they've gone they had gone to to Wilkes. Okay. And they went to Ray Azteca. Okay. And they got food. And they didn't. And get no, 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 no. Wait. Aww. They got food, and I was like, you know how I feel about I love Mexican food. Yeah, you do. You know how I feel about beans. Oh nah. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the gym. Yeah, I know it was Friday because it was I wasn't feeling the gym at all. Because I was hungry at the gym, and I was like, as soon as my mom tells me she's on the way, I'm going to pull up, and I'm just going to leave, whatever. And I was eager. I was like, I'm going to get this food. I ordered this burrito, like the size of like this this notebook right here. Yo. And, bro, 
when I opened that thing up, mad beans, bro, mad beans. <laughs> you got a bean burrito. That's what you got. I was so upset. And I say that I lost my cool because it's one thing to get upset and then it's one thing to act on it. I was so upset that I ended up like slamming like really hard one of the cabinets in the kitchen. It didn't break <laughs> or anything, but it was like a good thing I was alone. If not, my mom would have, she would have been like. She would have chewed you out. Yeah. But I was like. No, no, that she would have been like, get the pasta. She would have been like, is that any reason to get mad, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm like, I guess not. But, like, <laughs> but I'm mad. Like, I was really looking forward to this. So, I, like, I recognized I was like, dude, I didn't really need to slam that. Yeah. You want to talk about right after, didn't you? I didn't. I did get food. I did order um, DoorDash. But I forgot what I got. Actually, I got bottlenecks. Okay. Okay. That's not a bad. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's crazy because I had Mexican food yesterday and that was fire bro i don't know what to tell you sucks for you don't tell me anything i'm playing i'm playing i'm playing yo i can tell you right now the best mexican food in this town is a food is a mexican food truck straight up i'm sorry i'm not gonna give you the location because you know no free promo no free promo no i love them i love them if they ever ask me i'll do it for free i don't care so let's get into this john do you have a question of the day or not no 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 okay that's fine that's fine. You're slacking on that. I told you. I know. You're slacking, but it's all right. So for those of you listening, last week we know we went over or we started to go over Psalm 101. Uh, just to do a quick recap, we left it off at verse 5. That's what we're going to pick up today. But uh, Psalm 101 reads, um, I will sing of your, ju- of your love and justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. That's basically... The whole, you know, the center of most of what we were talking about. Like, yeah. it all just trickles down from there. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that's vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. I just want to reiterate. It says, I hate what faithless people do. Not, I will hate faithless, peop- uh, faithless people. Yeah. Right. Uh, the perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. If you want to hear a little bit more in depth, we, we do go ahead and uh, dissect those verses. The you can listen episode. to last week's episode. Um, but today, we're starting off at verse 5. Uh, right away it says, Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. So I'm just going to read the whole thing, okay? I'll put to silence. Whoever has a haughty, whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, haughty basically means like arrogant, you know, self pompous whatever i will not tolerate my eyes will be on the faithful in the land they will they may dwell with me the one whose walk is blameless will minister to me no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house no one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence every morning i will put to silence all the wicked in the land i will cut off every evildoer from the city of the lord all right can i read my version just for please, those. please go ahead. So I'm reading the NLT because this man is over here trying to be a prophet. Man, um, so mine basically says it's basically like a translation of what he said. It says, uh, "I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbor. Mm-hmm. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence." My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. So at this point, when he wrote this, you know, 
uh, reinforces the fact that I think he was king yeah. during this. Yeah, and I feel like that's a really good archetype to look at because uh, right now we are, we're kind of like directing this passage towards how men should act in our daily life. Obviously everyone, men and women, mm-hmm. but basically men, the head of household, how we should conduct our lives right. in order for our house to be in order. You know, and although although David was king, if you put it into perspective, we're all really we call each other all the time like kings and queens. But in reality, it's a fact. If you think about it, we're all really kings or queens of our own life and our own homes. Of yeah. course, above all else, God is, is king. Yeah. But it, amongst our land, our household, we are who rule. Yeah, and I would like to just put into perspective something, right? So we hear the word leader all the time. That men are the leaders of the household. Just so you know, the word leader is not a word that appears in the Bible. It's in English, but that's not in the original translation, you know? Basically, when the Bible refers to somebody as a leader, it refers to somebody as a servant. In other words, if I'm the leader of my household, I am serving everyone else's needs. I'm the one taking upon everyone else's issues. I'm the problem solver. Basically, I provide, I nurture, I look after what do I always say about men? We protect, provide, provide, and we are priests. And we are the priests. Priests basically means that we are the bridge between God and our home. Not saying that we are, uh, you know, some sort of, I don't know, religious. Reli- exactly. Basically, we make sure that the atmosphere in our home is inviting for the Holy Spirit. Exactly. How do you do that? By by a lot of ways, actually. Yeah. Like you, you allowing yourself to be led by the Holy exactly. Spirit. Exactly. You. Of all. you First and foremost, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit, which is basically, uh, this is a really good way, this passage, by basically getting clarity in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, leading by example. If you're not a good example to follow in your household, if you're not a man of God, if you're not somebody who is actively trying to be with God, then you cannot expect or force anyone in your home to do the same, to do what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. If you married a wise woman, she is most likely going to do it, even without you. Yeah. I know a little, I'm going to say, I know too many women. This is not a flattering thing, but I know too many women who are married during Christian marriages. They pray for their husbands every day. They want their husbands to go ahead and, you know, be the men who they want them to be. And what are the husbands focusing on? Working, getting this money, getting this money, going to church on Sundays. But their wives are the one who are who, they're the ones who are leading the spiritual battle in their houses. Their when technically, that's supposed to be the man, and then the wife is supposed to be the helper. Mm. She's supposed to be backing him up in spiritual battle. But now this poor woman, she is basically on the battlefield by herself, fighting for her kids, fighting for her marriage, fighting for her peace of mind. You're messing up all the time. So it's not supposed to be like that. So the man is supposed to be the one leading the 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 battle when it comes to spiritual warfare and not even spiritual warfare because to be very f- quite frank with you i feel like spiritual warfare in it in the most part is useless i feel like what we should really be focusing on is spending time with god finding a place with god making sure that we're in god's corner making sure that god is in this home and making sure that we're representing god wherever we go exactly so if there's ever a day that you, you need to pray, you know, because the, the atmosphere is tense, because you feel a, an attack, okay, I, I maybe the spiritual warfare aspect of that is permissible. But don't do like many people do, where that's their bit. That's all they do. 
Yeah, like the enemies, uh, the enemies attacking. Exactly, my and it's it's sometimes it's really not that deep. Sometimes it's really it's really not that deep. Yeah, For, I remember a pastor, the, our old pastor, used to say all the time. He's like, you know, the 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 devil got to carry. He he got to walk around with a lawyer all the time because we blame him for everything. Exactly, and sometimes it's really our own ignorance and our in our own in our own um character that puts us in situations, and it's like. But the enemy did this, like, no, bro, you're prideful, so you lack forgiveness. Exactly, bro. It's like, oh, my the atmosphere in my home is tense. I don't know what's going on. Bro, you took your wife to McDonald's for your anniversary. And you're you're asking yourself why I wouldn't have said that, but No 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 I'm you just, never know anybody's situation. No, I, I I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, no, no. Let me be very clear. Sometimes, for example, if I take my wife to McDonald's for our anniversary, It'll be nostalgic because when we got married, the first thing we did, we pulled up to the drive-thru with, with, you know, wedding dress and all. Got, oh, yeah, I remember that. Got McDonald's. It was fun. I love that. And if we do, you know, so if we go to a McDonald's for our anniversary, it'll be like a fun little reminder of how we started. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But, bro, you, what I'm trying to emphasize here is your lack of effort in the home. Yeah. It's not a demonic attack. It's not, it's not the devil. <laughs> It's your lack of effort that's causing tension in the home. So instead of rebuking the devil, how about you rebuke yourself? Go ahead, get a bouquet of flowers. Or allow yourself to be rebuked. Exactly. Let God tell you, you messed up, buddy. You got to fix this. The problem with that is that many times, it, because of what comes from, we'd be like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to accept it. Many times our own wives re- rebuke us, mm-hmm. and we're like, no, I'm not going to take it from you. Exactly. But that's. I feel like that would be a direct result of you not being a good example in the home. That would be a direct result of you not being as close to God as you think you are. Exactly, because if we are representing Jesus, just like David is trying to do, even before he met Jesus, even before Jesus was you know, was incarnated, he was trying to keep righteousness at the forefront. The Bible says wisdom above all else. I feel like uh, David was being wise here to protect his people, to protect all the, you know, and we would be wise to follow in suit with everything that's going on here. So going on in the first verse, you know, whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty or proud eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. Right there. Me talking gossip. We're, we're talking about the most reoccurring thing amongst the people of God. Gossip. Amongst people in general. Yeah, but it's sad that Christians, in my opinion, can sometimes be, can do this to a fault. Like, they default to talking about someone else. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We always love to go ahead and put people down, especially when we feel like that can cover up our own blemishes. We do that. Oh, uh, did you see what he did? What so-and-so did? And I feel like that's so unbecoming of a man, bro. I agree. To be honest with you, because I come, I was raised by generation. Not not that I am part of this generation. I wish I was. But I was raised by a generation where men would, you know, look down, look forward, and keep going. Do what they got to do. They would take care of business. They would work. They would provide for their family. And they would come home. And they basically, they wouldn't even have time to slander their neighbor. If there, if there was something worthy of condemnation, they would take it up with them. Like, yo, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like, you you got a problem with me? They, they wouldn't go around telling people, 
bro, I don't think he paid his taxes right this year. I think he he claimed a one one child too many. How do you get all that money? Like minding people's minding other people's business. When in this case, David is saying whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, whoever's gossiping, I will put to silence. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. Go ahead. I don't know what that context means. What? I will put to silence. He was king. He was king. He was king. So I'm not sure if that meant he was going to cut their tongue off. I'm not sure if that meant that there was there was about to be, you know, heads rolling, like Game of Thrones style. I don't know. I I think we can we can as far as we know we can speak about it in 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 our day and age. Right. Basically, if somebody comes to me with some type of gossip. Why well, should be, I should be bold enough to say, listen, I don't want to hear that right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear what you have to say about so and so, regardless whether I know so and so or not. I I don't I don't need it to be brought up to me because one thing that we don't understand is that when people when we gossip or people come to us for gossip, it doesn't just affect the person you're gossiping. Yeah, but it affects the it, people who are listening to your gossip. Yeah, so like the triple tongue, the slanders, like you slay the man who you're slandering, mm-hmm. you slay the person listening, and you slay yourself. Exactly. Those are three deadly wounds because now some of us are what we consider loyalists. Yeah. So just from just from somebody coming to me, I don't even got to partake in the conversation, but just from somebody coming to me. And you're doing nothing about that. Yeah, I already feel like I'm part of the of the of the conversation. Yeah. You know what? You did you have done that before. For example, one time I came home. You were over here too. Yeah. Well, you came over. And I was really mad at somebody. I was really really mad. And I made an out-of-pocket comment about that person. Uh, I was, like, my frustration, you could see it through my face. And then you said, you can't say that. Then I'm like, I know, but I want you to tell me why. And then you said, because that person isn't here. You can't just go ahead and make a comment like that and expect anything good to come out of that. You're frustrated? I get it. I get it. You know? But you need to be careful with what you say because you're basically falling in the same issue that you're calling him out for. Yeah. So I was like, I accept that. It's true. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful because sometimes out of frustration, we can fall in, in this this sin, which is not justifiable. Yeah. Like your frustration is valid, but what you do with that frustration is not. And I and I get it because there's so many times where we we love – we love our brother so much that sometimes we end up hurting. Yeah. Because we want them to do good so bad. So bad and it annoys us. And it's like, bro, but just do this. Mm-hmm. Just do this. Like I see it all the time, like in, in the gym, like the people that the people that have asked me for advice or they've asked me for just anything and they're like and I see that the, that like they have the the motivation, but the discipline is there and I'm like, <clears throat> Yeah. Just do it. Go. <laughs> like Shia LaBeouf, just do it. Yeah, but back to this is like we need to be very careful about who who we about what we say, and even if it's true, mm-hmm. we still got to be careful about how we express it to others. Yeah, but going to what David is saying, we need to be careful about what we entertain, mm-hmm. because he's not even saying that he's gonna not talk about people. He's saying whoever comes to him, whoever's slandering their neighbor in in, in the secret place. He's gonna put to silence. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna tolerate that. Yeah. So I feel like the bigger challenge for us, for men at least, I would say, isn't necessarily not to gossip because I feel like that's the easy part. 
when gossip comes to your ear, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Are you going to be man enough to put your foot down and say, hey, I can't tolerate this? Like you did that one day. I can't, I, we can't be doing this. Yeah. And obviously, even, when, even if that individual, you again, you was rightfully so in saying what you were saying, but it still didn't make the fact that he wasn't present, you know. Exactly. You, what you can say can be wrong or right depending on who's in the room. Yeah. Like, if I was saying what I was feeling directly to the person that I was feeling it, it would have been justified because it would have been a conversation. Yeah. But since it was behind that person's back, it was immediately categorized as gossip. So I wanna I wanna read something that I have here. Go ahead. Um first Thessalonians four eleven, because we're talking about gossip and we're talking about, you know, and it says, um, make it your goal to live a quiet life. Right. Minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we inst- as we instructed you before. Yeah. And this, like after after I heard this in a, in, a, in a preaching, this has this has been one of my, I guess you could say, one of my short term and long term goals. Yeah. The part that says, live a quiet life and mind your own business. Mm-hmm. I've always been very well at minding my own business, but I just I want to be I want to be so secluded with God that literally the outside world doesn't besides preaching the gospel doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And that's just how what I want to live. Like thank God that we have platforms and social medias, but I ain't gonna lie, eventually I want to get to a point where it's like I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to live a life away from it. Ready with to, my family. Ready to leave. You know, at whatever given moment, just off grid with God, taking time to, you know, and I feel like as much as we want that, mm-hmm I'm not entirely sure because here's the thing. I yearn for that. Like, you right. saw me this morning. I stepped outside. It was brick. And I just took a sip of coffee. And I was like, yeah, this is the life I want. Silence. Nobody yeah. around. But then I'm, I'm, I ask myself, if God really put in us to talk to men, to yeah. people everywhere, do you think that he's ever going to allow us to be, like, isolated in, in that sense? Because at the end of the day, people are going to go ahead and need to hear what we're saying people are going to need to hear what we're talking about and i don't think that our i don't know if god's ever going to allow us to just be secluded like that yeah yeah no, i hear you i hope so though i really do anyway that being said um going back to the original point of this um in this in this verse right here for those of you once again for those of you tuning in we are listening to uh reading Psalm 101, we're picking up on verse 5. So if you all want to go to church this morning, open up your Bible. Psalm 101, verse 5. Prayer and coffee. Prayer and, ooh, I like that. No, nah, that's that's already taken. I know, just... I know we can't do that, but <laughs> point is, um, we have to be very wise with what we entertain. Which is, I feel like, it's the entire message of this entire psalm. Yeah. Like, if we want to lead righteous and blameless lives, lives. we have to be very careful with what we allow in our space. Yeah. Gossip cannot be one of them. Yeah. And in the the second part of this verse, um, he talks about proud people, about pride. Mm -hmm. I had to look it up because... uh, Your version? My version says, I will put to silence whoever has haughty eyes. That's H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. And then I looked it up. And here's a definition of haughty. Proud, vain, arrogant, conceited, snobbish, 
stuck up, pompous, self-important, superior, egotistical, and condescending. So all this goes back to the to the whole blameless life and integrity. Yeah, because we can't we we can't expect to it's, again. I will not endure conceit and pride. Talking about from a point of view where we're looking at other people, mm-hmm. we cannot do that without first looking at ourselves. We can't and making sure that we are not conceited and prideful. Exactly, because here's the thing: the slander your neighbor part. Mm-hmm. In order for that to happen, you have to have a position of pride. You have to be doing it from a from a point of view as I'm better than yeah. the other person that I'm talking about. Yeah. Which immediately categorizes you as a proud person. It says, I will not tolerate that. So you have no idea the amount of people within the body of Christ that have come to me with a proud heart bashing other people. Shoot, we're, we're all guilty of that. And I'm like, but you do the same thing. I'm doing it right now. You're doing it right now. You you cannot, you literally cannot turn around and have any type of ill intent with your tongue towards other people without recognizing the fact that you were literally that person. It's almost like David himself, when uh the prophet went over to him and say, Yo, somebody just did XYZ, what should we do with them? Oh, we need to kill that nigga. That's not in the Bible, but you know. We need to kill him. Papi, we're talking about you. Yeah. What are we going to do? You know, our pride blinds us and it makes us seem or think as though we can do no wrong. And everyone else is, bro, if you are approaching every, every, every scenario with a prideful heart, you're going to soon forget that you can do wrong. You're going to start to assume that every single assessment that you make is the right one. Mm-hmm. Everything, every stance that you take is the correct one. Everything that you say is correct. The way that you view things, your perspective is unchallengeable. You can't challenge your perspective. And if anyone comes to you, you're wrong. And you're going to assume uh, that automatically. You're going to assume that everything that you touch turns to gold, mm-hmm. and that can be that can be a, an issue. That can be an issue because you you're gonna assume that all your all the solutions you bring up are the solutions to everything, and the and back to the because we're gonna go up because we we we're gonna go back and forth because the first two the whole live a blameless life and leave a life of integrity within your own home yeah is basically like the foundation of everything under, and I'm glad that David said it in this order. Because it allows us to go back and realize that if you don't have it in your own home, mm-hmm. you can't have it outside of it. Precisely. Because at the beginning of this, he's talking about what he's going to do, mm-hmm. how he's going to correct everything, how he's going to make sure that before he goes ahead and starts correcting other people and starts silencing gossip mm-hmm. and starts making sure that those who are proud of heart are not going to be around him, mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to be the example. I'm going to make sure that I live a righteous life, a blameless life. Yeah. I'm I will re- refuse to look at vulgar things. Exactly. Because that's how it all starts. It all starts with you. I feel like, you know what? Hold on. I just want to make sure that I say this properly. If you don't do it in the order that David wrote it down, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't get your mind right, if you don't get your priorities straight, then you will start to entertain these things. It's it's uh, basically uh, a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. If you if you do start to look at vulgar things, if you do start to entertain... Uh, it's like I told somebody one day. I, I gave you an analogy of the ocean. We're all really close to land until, you know, we start 
the waves start coming in, the waves mm-hmm. start coming in. If you're not holding on to something, next thing you know, you look up and you're in the middle of the ocean and you're far from land. Yep. And, and then it's ever hard. It's even harder for you to swim back to shore. And that's and that's what waves do. Na- water naturally, it's na- it's natural for waves to just come back and forth. Yeah. And in the same way, we were born in our natural sinful nature because it's natural to us. Precisely. It's natural for us to do certain things. It's just wrong. It's easy. For, for example, the sea pulls us in. Yeah. The ocean has its own strength, its own force, and it pulls us in. Now, the sea is modern culture. Exactly, exactly. We can choose to stay at shore, at bay, but even then you're still at risk. Yeah. Because soon as nightfall comes, that tide is rising, and you don't see that coming. Right. Or you can just choose to stay out of the water altogether, and you're never in danger of getting in the sea in the first place, which is, again, what Dave is, or I said Dave, what David is trying to correct here. Well, to my understanding, well, we can go back and forth about this. I don't think it's necessarily that we we need to be in the water because we we need to be in the world, just not of it. So, so when, when I when I'm okay, just before we go off there, when I talk about the water, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about sin. Okay, I'm using the ocean as an analogy of things that we're not supposed to be in because if we can drown in it, it's not of God. So basically, the ocean represents all that is evil we start at the beach at the shore oh it's it's ankle level oh now it's up to my hips oh i can swim before you know it you're you're in so deep that now you're in treacherous waters now sharks are swimming with you right and then if you want to swim back it's going to be hard for you to make it back so the smart thing to do the wise thing to do in the context of this verse would be to stay out of the water altogether you know, if we're using the, the the ocean as an analogy for uh, the world and things, then I get it. Yeah, In my I mean opinion, it can work either way. Exactly, my opinion: dive head first. You know, if if you're if that's the analogy that you're using, because we need to be in there. But but what I'm because well, you didn't let me finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. At the end of the day, unless we are holding on to something, aka Christ, Jesus, yeah, that's the only way we really don't get pulled in. So you can be in the water again. In my analogy. In the world, just not of it, as long as you're holding on to the raft, which is Jesus Christ, because you know that he will never let you go. And as long as you willingly don't let go. Yeah. Because it's something that I read in Romans is that, and and Paul said something that really marked me. He said, um, basically, we need to be close with God because sin might be like, we might, he, might, he basically just said like, sin might have the power over you. And I'm like, why would he put might there? Mm-hmm. And it's because at the end of the day, we have the power and the ability to see how far sin allows us to go in. Yeah. And I realized that, and it's like, okay, at any point, we can decide to whether really hold on to the raft or let go. Exactly. Um, Manny said, Mason, let him finish. Yo, Manny, chill out. We're going to talk about that next week. Don't give me up just yet. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to do something about that, not just yet. Anyway, going back to this, like we're talking about right now, getting dragged back in on all that. Yeah. I feel like how David started addressing himself, getting his life blameless and righteous before God. If we start to mess up around verse 5, talking about what he's going to entertain and the the actions that he's not going to tolerate, I feel like if he starts to tolerate this, it undoes everything that he does before. Because it is impossible. It is inconsistent for you to tolerate pride in your home, for you to tolerate slander in your home, gossip in your home, and to think that you can live a blameless life. Mm -hmm. 
it is inconsistent. You can one cannot go without the other. If you're tolerating this BS, this nonsense down here, you have already messed up everything that you did at the beginning. And it's crazy because like I made it a point in my notes to 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 write down like the the parts of our lives that have to do with this, you know, like you know, the blameless lifestyle and integrity. That's a that's a lifestyle. And then the looking at things, that's the eyes, and then the mouth, which is what we're talking about now, slandering people. Right. And the fact that David as king eventually literally let all these parts of the human anatomy still mm-hmm. fail him. Yeah. Because he did look, like you said last week, he did look at, at a woman. Yeah. And he ended up falling. That's what it all started. He, he just also looked. he also used his tongue by making the husband go in the front of the line. He made that order. Mm-hmm. He just, he fell because he he let go of the raft. Exactly. He's he he saw right. He saw. He acted upon it, mm-hmm. and he didn't think there was going to be any consequences mm-hmm. because he's king. Prideful and conceited. Exactly. So he was the exact type of person that right now he's saying, I will not allow. I will not tolerate this. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. It's you're you there's no winning when you are literally going against the principles that God has established. Mm-hmm. Because everything that David's talking about right here are things that God is against. That means that he's aligned again, basically David, man after God's own heart. Yeah. He's aligned with how God would want us to act yeah. in these situations. Get your house right first. Make sure that you live a blameless life and be sure not to entertain all this other nonsense that comes after that. And it, and it goes full circle because if you have, if you have, if you don't have con- pride and conceit, you are humble enough to recognize that you need to go before God and be, have a blameless life. Right. Cause if he would have just, if he would have started off with, like if he would have started this off being prideful and conceit, he would have never said any of this. He would have he would have just said the part where he says, "I will not deal with all these other things." Exactly. Well, he is basically the person that he's not dealing with. Yeah. So you can we talk about that for a second? Have you ever seen people who outright say, "I cannot stand this person," yet they are that exact person? I've seen it happen. Oh, I can't stand that. Well, you're acting like him. Mm-hmm. You do everything he does just with a different face. I see that a lot. You know when I see that a lot? I see it a lot with um certain vices and addictions. Because mm-hmm. people always look at um like cocaine, weed, and all these things as just these horrible things. But then I look at somebody who who can't live a day without coffee. Yeah. Or can't live a day without taking something. Oh, no, it's just my antidepressant. You know, it helps mm-hmm. me in the mood. Or even the video games that we always talk about. Yeah. And it's like... You look at all these people like they're the worst. Like they're like they need to be at AA every single day. Like they need their hands tied down because mm-hmm. they can't. But you can't go a day without you yourself indulging in, in in anything because you also need to quote unquote get away. The crazy thing about that is that the people with those vices, like those hard drugs and all that, their help is going to get to them because their addictions are more public. Mm. But playing video mm. games. Everybody does that. Everybody does that. Uh, drinking seven cups of coffee a day. Shoot, let's drink eight. Watching porn. Watching. Everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Eating too much. Pff, everybody does that. Being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with multiple women. So all these things that are technically societally encouraged, mm-hmm. they're still they still fall under the same category as, as of damaging. You know, in different ways, but they're still damaging. Yeah. But just because those things are condemned in the public eye now you think you could 
put turn your nose up to them and, and put them to shame. and put them to shame and condemn them, which is the same exact type of person that Dave, David is saying. I am not going to allow that. I will put that to silence. I will not tolerate that. And going on to the next verse, he actually turns his view for a quick second. He says, "My eyes will be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me." The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. So you want me to read my version? Yes, go ahead. So uh, NLT says, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. Now he says serve because, again, David was king. Exactly. But then, like I said in the beginning, we're all kings of our own homes as men. Yeah. We are the... I don't, you know what? I'm not going to say kings. We are the leaders of our own home. Precisely. So what, what I'm saying here is like, you can't just bring anybody into your dwelling place. No. Mm-mm. I've actually, I actually had a conversation about that last week with somebody. You got to be very careful as a man who you allow into your home. And in parentheses, because I also want to say, there's a quote that we all say, and then it's like, oh, Homer's where the heart is at. Mm-hmm. Be careful who you let into your heart. Yeah. And be careful who you, in this context right here, be careful who you allow to minister to you. Serve me. We're not even... Well, let, let's take we can, it... We can use both. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Since we're not literal kings of a, of a nation... No. Let's turn this around. And when I read this, the first thing that comes to my mind is role models. Who am I allowing? Because when someone's ministering to me, I feel like I'm learning from them. I'm getting Influence. something from them. You know, Who am I allowing? Whose role is taking a space in my life whose influence is taking a spot in my life mm-hmm. and then he says only the faithful of the land people who have a good track record let's talk about marriage real quick i make a point it is imperative for men to surround themselves with old men i'm not even talking about like older men if you can get like somebody who's like in their 70s and is still married that is the best possible influence that you can have over your marriage. Again, if they're making it work. Because if, they're, if they've if they been killing themselves for 50 years, stay away from that mess. Yeah. But if you're like somebody who has been married for decades, they have gone through all of the nonsense. They've gone through all of the, the, the fights that they can go through. They've gone through all of the you know heartbreaks that they can go through. And they still make it work. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out what that man did. You need to figure it out quick. And the best way to figure it out, involve him in your life. Get involved in his. Hey, man, I want to sit down with you. Uh, you know, I just recently got married. I need you to tell me how you've made it so far. Be very, be, be, be honest. Faithful. Those men that would never even look at a woman. Commitment. Men who, who whose eyes are only upon the person that they made a commitment to, those are the type of men that you need to surround yourself with. Those men who don't gossip, those men who you can say, I will put my hand in the fire for that person because I know that they live a blameless life. Yeah. Those men whose testimonies are the same at work and at home and at church, those are the type of people that we need in our lives. Mm-hmm. We made it a real bad habit to make a circle out of people who not only... Uh, Support, uh, what's the word? Support our, our vices. Mm-hmm. The ones who don't care about what we do. The ones who encourage us to do evil. But we made it a terrible habit to claim those people as our homies. That this is my family, mm-hmm. bro. What are they giving? What value are they giving you? Oh well, they're not always supposed to give you value. Yes, the hell they are. 
everybody in your life is supposed to give you value, not take it from you. Mm-hmm. Because if let's say that let's say that we're married. If my wife is being affected by the friends that I have, those friends have to go. Absolutely, I agree. I, I'm sorry. We're we're not entertaining this. If my home is being affected by what you're bringing into my house, either you get your things together, you get your act right, or you're going to get out of here. Because at the end of the day, 40, 45 years from now, when I'm older, and you know, in the more retirement age, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember who was in my home. What I'm going to know is who it, who is in my home. And depending on what I entertain, that could either be me or me and my wife. Mm. The decisions we make now will influence our future heavily. And if we if, if we don't actually include the the faithful of the land, per se, as David is saying here, the people who actually are to be followed, worthy of imitating, mm-hmm. people who have blameless track records, basically being the exact type of person that David is describing in the first parts of the verse. If we don't make it a, a, a conscious effort to include those people or to seek those people out to be our role models, especially as men, because men need role models. That's the only reason we're in this mess of a society to begin with, because men have terrible role models. Mm-hmm. If we don't make it a conscious effort to have good role models, we're going to be very, very poorly set up for the future. So David wasn't only just looking for people to minister. David was looking for soldiers yeah. also. And just a, like a side note, I think it's also important to find friends or companions who 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 will fight alongside you. And many times we often be like, oh, I, I don't want to get my friends involved in my marriage or in the things of my home. But, it, you know, you, number one, we always need people to keep us accountable. Yeah. And number two, we always need people who are going to lead us down a righteous path. Yes. So if I if I have a group of friends, let's say I have two different groups of friends, group A and group B. Group A is the one that isn't so, you know, they're a little more in the ocean to say like that, back mm-hmm. to the example. And then we have the ones that are, you know, better values, their 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 values are based on the Bible and, th- and things like that. One of them is going to pray for me in the times of need. Yeah. The other one might just help me to for, distract me from, you know, reality. Mm-hmm. So in terms of David, he was looking for soldiers to fight, but sometimes we also need to look for people that spiritually can fight with us as exactly. well. Exactly. You know, emotionally can, you know, let us know that we don't need to act upon our emotions and, oh, your wife is not acting a certain way at home, so let's do this. No. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, maybe you just need to sit down, bro. I'll pray for you and I'll pray for your marriage. And, you know, maybe you guys, here's some ideas. You know, bring her some flowers, bring her some chocolate. I remember one time uh, you were the, you were the one who gave me the idea to leave a chocolate bar in my wife's house one day when we were, when I didn't even know her. Mm-hmm. It was your idea. Somebody else would have been like, bro, that's corny. Why would you do that? She not, she, that's not even your girl yet. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. So you, we, we, we all need, we all need friends that are just willing to, you know, fight with us and for us. I feel like we, let's take it a step further. We need friends whose prayers we can count on. Not everybody has a privilege, the privilege to say, my friends pray for me. Yeah. Or if I call my friend up, we can pray together. Yeah. There's a lot. It goes so deep into the value that they can add. But also you have to be at the same, with the same token. Mm-hmm. What value can you add to your friend's life? Yeah. Because if you're not doing what David was talking about in the first verses, 
then and you think that you can have these people in your life, they're going to look at you as the people that should not be in their life. You're going to be the person that they're not going to be tolerating. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the person they're going to put to silence. You're going to be the people that they see as slandering their neighbor. Mm-hmm. So if you're not consistent with your character, let's talk about as a man, it's going to be very difficult for you to find good role models if you don't start to assess your situation. And best case scenario, let's say that you're honest with another man. Hey, man, listen, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I know that you've been through that because you have been very vocal about it. I need your help. It is almost impossible that you're not going to find somebody who's going to say, you know what, bro? I got you. Let's go. Let's do this. I believe in you. It's going to be damn near impossible because if there's one thing I know about good men, the men who actually want to serve, they never deny help to those who need it. Never. No matter what that looks like. Doesn't matter what it looks like. They, if you need them, they will show up. Especially if you were honest with them, if you were straight up, like, yo, yo, man, listen, I cannot look at a booty. And I cannot look at a woman. Every time she walks by, I turn around. My wife can be right there and I still do it. She's gonna be like, hey man, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support that, but I can help you get out of that. Cause that used to be me. Yeah. Hey man, listen. I can't scroll on my phone for too long because as soon as I see that butt shaking on Instagram, you know where it's going to go from there. Hey, man, listen. I was there. Give me your phone. We can download an app right now that if you want to look at a certain thing, you're going to need my code and I'm not going to give it to you. And every time you're going to you're gonna look at this, you're going to call me up. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to do something. going to get your mind off of these things. And you just said two things that are... That have the foundation of biblical things, and that's number one. You said, "I've been there, so I can help you." Yeah, and it says in the Bible, "Don't know where I don't know the address." Um, that sometimes God allows us to go through certain things, so that way we have the authority to help those who've gone through the same thing. Right. And then with the whole being honest, confession is vertical, and healing is horizontal. First John one nine: If we confess our sins, He forgives us and cleanses us from everything. Mm-hmm. That's vertical. James 5.16, admit your sins to each other, horizontal. Yeah. Pray for each other so that you will be healed. Yeah. Uh, there's a different version that says there is healing and confession of sin. If you're going through something and you look at a person straight up like, yo, bro, this, this, and that. In that moment, healing is being born. Yeah. And the, and the problem goes from this mm-hmm. now to this. Let's talk about a little bit more in depth about that. Men's mental health. mm is not something, all right, we have a whole Men's Mental Health Month. We have Men's Mental Health Awareness. But I feel like those are actually really big cliches for what actually needs to happen, mm-hmm. which is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Men's Mental Health, we make a, a holiday about it. Okay, what has that man talked about and to who has he talked about it with? Has he talked about it with somebody who's gone through the same things that he's going through? Yeah, has he talked with it to somebody about that, that has a solution for him? So I have a, I have a, I'll let you finish. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, in marriage, many times we as men can be known to have short fuses, short tempers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not know how to restrain our, our tongue. We blow up and walk out the house 
Because we have never had a role model or somebody who can guide us through those moments of, hey, listen, man, I blew up in my home today. I know I said certain things to my work that I didn't mean, but I just said them. Yeah, man, I've done that too. Just so you know, it's not going to be easy to come back from that. That they instill that fear in you that they know. Like, mm-hmm. listen, man, it's not going to be easy to come back from that. However, I can provide you with the tools and resources to actually monitor your shortcomings. Because we all have them. Yeah, it's not. It, they are comforting us and simultaneously not justifying the action that we do. But again, going back to what I said earlier, we surround ourselves with, with men who go like, man, she deserved it. Man, you know what you did. She told you what? Nah, man, I would have said something way before that. Who Whose counsel are we taking here? So men's mental health can really, in my opinion, be based on whose influence you're allowing in your heart. Yeah. You're allowing them to tell you these things? I do not expect your mental health to be something of great value. So what I was going to say is I, ha- I have no problem with... I, I, I encourage counseling and therapy and all that stuff, but I have a real issue with the state in which a men's mental health is right now and which is the reason why I'm in the field that I'm in in, in human service and counseling and everything like that. Right. And it's because I see way too often that there's a lot of men who want to change and they want to be better and they end up going to counseling, which is a very good step. Yeah. But what they get back within this country is just cliche words and prescriptions. Yeah. And I have an issue. I haven't. That's why sometimes conversations with just regular people sometimes can do a lot more than with a professional. I agree, hundred percent. Because, I, and again, we're not discouraging you no, from no, seeing a professional. No, because I've seen it work in people yeah. as well. But sometimes the professional is also there because it's their job. Yeah, I feel like to a certain point, the professional should only be. Or I'm going to say this in every single point, the professional should only be a stepping stone. Like, you go there maybe to see the inner workings of your mind. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can help you put into words what you cannot figure out yourself. Once you have that, it is up to you to do the work. And now you can communicate to another person, hey, listen, I went to therapy and I was explained that this is what I'm going through. This is what it's called, X, Y, Z. And now the person that you're talking to has more resources to help you. So it's a full circle thing. But like mm-hmm. you say, we cannot go get some cliche diagnosis yeah. of, of whatever, maybe self-diagnosing ourselves, yeah. things that are not even true. Like somebody said, bro, maybe you're not bipolar. Maybe you don't seem and that's it. <laughs> what does that translate to? Uh, Manny, help me out here. That's like, it's re- it technically is translated to like you have no shame, like you're not it, embarrassed of it, anything. Basically, exactly. Maybe, oh man, what's the right word here? Maybe you're just full of it type thing. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not that you have, you know, PTSD from whatever. Maybe you're just really full of it and you yeah. really believe yourself. And then we become what's called, you know, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Where all of, Everything that we've gone through in our lives, we we like to project it onto other people. And then when people act exactly as we projected it onto them to act, then we're like, oh, see, called it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and I agree with what this person just said. You definitely have to look around for a good therapist. 
Yeah. Like, don't just listen to anybody and everything that they say. Uh, therapy is a good thing. Again, like we said before, we're not just uh, uh, dismissing therapy. Yeah. In fact, I'm considering therapy myself because it, it's a good resource. What I'm saying is it's nothing more than a resource. Mm-hmm. You can go there, get the resources, but if you expect your therapist to fix all of your issues for you, then you're already going about it in the wrong way. They're social workers, not miracle workers. Exactly. Social workers, not miracle workers. That's why, That's why. and I, like, I don't want to toot like my own horn here because it's, I just feel like that's what God has placed in my heart. That's why I don't really care about getting, like after I graduate, like really getting paid for what I do. Yeah. If I can go to a nonprofit and give counseling to people that need it. Yeah. Because I really feel like the fulfillment is is in just seeing the change in somebody else. Not just a paycheck. Yeah, pay, if God wants to bless me through that, then sure. But exactly, we get paid. We don't get paid for for this. No, for this podcast. Yet we do it because we understand that there is there is a need in the world for of, of men. Yeah, in our world that we live in, that we've gone through, that we've gone through life experiences that just need something new, something refreshing, and people to keep them accountable and let them know that even though you did all these hellish things in your past, there's still time. There's redemption. Always. There's redemption for you. I believe in redemption. What what kind of believers of Christians would we be if we don't believe in the redemption, even of, of the worst of the worst? Yeah. So I know that there are men listening to this that might be rolling their eyes at me today, but tomorrow they're going to want to ha- find me to give me a handshake because we helped them in their marriage. I know that there's women right now debating, should I send this to him or not? Send it. Send it. Listen, this is to this day, my wife sends me anything and everything that she that she sees on Instagram that she believes is a good resource for me to be a better husband. I could look at that one or two ways. Either you want me to be like every other man on the internet. Mm-hmm. You just see these fake things on social media. That's not real. They're not really doing that. They're just doing that for the camera. Or I can take it at face value and say, my wife believes in me. If she is sending me these things, it's because she thinks that I can either imitate what's good in this or become a better man if I try to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, She's very honest. I told Carmen, like, yo, be honest with what you want from me. If you see that I'm not giving it to you, Make it a point, yo, you are not giving me what I need. Because you did not get married to not be fulfilled. In every sense of the word, you need to be vocal about these things. And men, just so you know, you need to be vocal about your own shortcomings. Yeah. Going back to this entire thing. And, you know, talking about the whole therapy thing, therapy is great. I agree. Again. But I strongly believe that if men were to follow, talking about men here, were to follow the advice or the the blueprint that David is laying out in Psalm 101, for many men, therapy would be unnecessary. Because sometimes the people who you entertain and the evil that you entertain is what causes you to need therapy in the first place. Mm. Okay, you entertained a lot of gossip in your home. Guess what? Now you became a gossiper. You entertained a lot of evil doing in your home. Guess what? Now you're that person too. You entertain people who did not lead a blameless life and they were doing whatever they wanted to. Now you're in that same category. This caused you to deteriorate when it comes to righteousness. You need a way back. And unfortunately, therapy might be the only way for you to even start to look back at your own life. If you actually start to do these things right now, take care of your home. I, I love going back and forth with it. Taking care of your home, mm-hmm. making sure that you're not entertaining evil things, making sure, making sure that you're not looking upon vulgar things. Making uh, sure that, that, that you that you are building that foundation. Yeah. Again, that raft that you can hold on to. Exactly. For when you're outside of your home, 
you're not being sucked by the waves. Mm-hmm. And you, you are going, you're going to end up in way better positioned than everyone else who decides to just follow the because that's the thing about the waves and and rivers and whatever. Just follow the current. Follow the current. Just throw yourself back and let yourself be dragged onto wherever the hell it wants to take mm-hmm. you. Or you can be a man of your word. You can be a man of righteousness, a man of values. Put your foot down. Get out of the water. Because some people you can't even afford to be in the shore. You're that susceptible to, to falling. Now, the next seven, in the next verse, in verse 7. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. So again, he 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 is it ways it done? No, well, no. There's another verse here, but uh, that's verse seven. He he reinforces back to back to the back to the um. Where is it? Uh, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. Exactly. So this is basically. It might sound redundant, but it's really not because he's just making it. You know, a cornerstone point of his argument. If you have a a false character, false persona of your fake, if you deceive people because it's one thing to slander your neighbor it's another thing to deceive people people who purposely go out of their way to um make a living almost you can even say out of stealing from others out of deceiving people lying to them maybe even promoting yourself as something that you're really not these people should have no dwelling with you. It's one thing for you to minister to these people. Because I, I hear a lot of people say, well, uh, as a Christian, we need to have friends that are not Christian. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with that. But the Bible also says that bad character, uh, bad company corrupts good character. Mm-hmm. So two things can be true. You can have friends that are not Christian. Most of my friends are not Christian, to be honest with you. Same. You, you can be the Bible to them that they will never read. You can be an example of Jesus to those people. And at the same time, you can be very cautious with whose presence you entertain. And what you're doing, because last week we spoke about keeping yourself on a short leash. Yeah. And we meant it, you know, men with women and, you know, being put in situations. But it's also, it's also it can also be in a friendship situation where if you know your weakness for a lot of your life has been uh, alcohol. Yeah. And a group of your friends have invited you. You know, and that's all they know how to do. Every time you're going to get, oh, where's the alcohol? Oh, yeah. where's the drinks? And, you know, this weekend, Super Bowl, hey, come over to, mm-hmm. we're having a Super Bowl party. We're going to have drinks. We're going to, mm. it sounded it. good. You mentioned the chips and the nachos and everything, and it sounded good until you said. As soon as you brought up the beer? Mm. All, and, and and it doesn't mean to, no, nah, bro, I'm not doing that. No, it just means like, bro, you know, I have this issue, and I'm I'm just really trying to get better at it, and if you can't meet me halfway and kind of just have the drinks in a, or whatever, like, yeah. I just, I would love to be there. But, but I, I can't. I can't. And you know what? This is where you're going to notice who your real friends are. Yes, sir. Because there's a lot of men. I've seen this happen amongst men and it really disgusts me. Let's say men who have an issue with porn, right? They know that they cannot even give it the slightest bit of entertainment. Or right. The slightest. And then you have other men, friends, like, uh, showing them stuff, uh, mm-hmm. stuff on their phone. And it's like, yo, bro, I don't want to see that. Oh, you think that you're, the, you know, you're holier than everyone else. Bro, I'm literally the opposite of that, which is why I'm trying to stay away mm-hmm. from this. 
if you have a friend who's sober from whatever it is, let it be adult films, let it be smoking, let it be drinking, uh, sleeping around, whatever it is, if your friends do not honor your sobriety, they are not your friends. I have a friend who go, who goes to the gym who's been sober for I think about uh, seven eight eight years. Um, his name is Jonathan. Okay, and I love that his friends, his circle, they celebrate his sobriety. That's what's up. I like I I love every time I see that. Like I feel like I got know him from the gym, but I feel like like I like I love that for you, bro. For yeah, real. like I'm proud of that, bro. It's it's and, a testament to surrounding yourself with the right people. Exactly. Because let's say that you and I, we had whatever going on. Let's say that you were an alcoholic and I was, I don't know, whatever. We can either be there for each other and say, I got you, bro. You know, you help me here and I'll help you here. Or we can literally be each other's downfall. Yeah. Who you surround yourself with matters. And in this, you know, going here, uh, people who speak falsely, who deceive others, they have no care for their neighbor. They have no intention of making other people's life better. In fact, they intend on making others' lives worse, all with the intent of personal gain. So, because if you lie, if you deceive people, you do it for personal gain. If you speak falsely, you do it for personal gain. Selfishness reigns in these people's hearts. So, either No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was going to say that if you, again, if you allow these people to stand in your presence, they will turn you into what they do. And many times it can be for personal gain, but sometimes people just don't want to drown in the ocean by themselves. Oh, that's true. There are so many people who they recognize that their life is not where it's at, but it's always a lot better. It, it, have you ever noticed that the saving school, you take a test, you failed, but your friend also failed, so you don't feel as bad for failing? Yeah. Same thing. That happened a little bit too often, actually. Same thing. It's like, okay, at least, I, at least I'm not in here in this mess by myself. Mm-hmm. So even though I know that I'm, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I do this and I'm promiscuous, you know, if I build a circle around me that does the same thing, maybe my life wouldn't feel Exactly. Maybe I can normalize it a little bit. Maybe I can, you know, uh, what's it called? I can calm my conscience a little bit mm-hmm. and I can be make it a little bit more acceptable because everyone else is doing it and they're seemingly fine, which they're really not. Yeah. But if, if I can give the appearance, the appearance of being fine, mm-hmm. then guess what? Maybe it'll be okay. You need people to call you out mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. You need people to be like, yo, you can't be doing that. What's wrong with you? I have friends who have told me to my face, what is wrong with you? Those are the friends that will make it in my circle because they, I need them. Yeah. Just like, and, but also, there's another requisite in my opinion. This is not really here. Those same friends that tell me what's wrong with you, they need to allow themselves to be corrected when correction is needed. Because otherwise, all I have is a very self-righteous person in my life. Yep. Somebody who can only correct but be not, but not corrected. That is an important thing also. So be very selective. I'm telling you. We always say, uh, we didn't come up with this, but it's true. You are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Just look at the people that you spend the most time with, the five people. Mm-hmm. You know, Look at all of what they do and ask yourself, do I really want to be like that person? Do I want people associating me to that person? Because maybe you're not going to do what they do. But if if you're if you as a man are always hanging out with a cheater, with a publicly known cheater, mm-hmm. I promise you, 
you're not going to be seen as anything else. And then a cheater. Nobody's going to be like, oh, he's probably in his life giving him good good advice. Mm-hmm. He's probably there counseling him, making sure he doesn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro. They're going to associate you with the same nonsense that he does. Yep. And I think that's important, too. I feel like that's a, You know what? That's good. That's good. It's good to be associated with that nonsense because maybe we will be a little bit more cautious with what we entertain. And even though the Bible does not call us to protect our, our, our reputation. No. It tells us to guard our hearts. If you are not like being weary of who you're allowing into your house, you're not guarding your heart. If you have if you allow deceitful people and liars to stand in your presence, you're not only not guarding your heart, you're opening your heart to do exactly what they're doing. Because one thing that the Bible says is that the heart is deceitful. Mm-hmm. So in that case, somebody can come to you with good intentions, but without you knowing. You know, it isn't isn't hell filled with people with good intentions? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna put the quotes up, but in reality, yeah, it is, it is. And um, I just want to end this right now, okay? The the passage, at least, I feel like David ends this in the most metal way possible. <laughs> this is so metal. He's like, every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. Now he's making it a mission. Yeah. You know? Daily task. Like daily it, task. Here it says, my daily task will be to ferret out the wicked. Exactly. So it started out with him controlling himself, dominating himself. Mm-hmm. Then Self-aware. Then he's making sure that these people are not in his presence. Mm-hmm. Now he's going out of his way to make sure that yeah. these people do not continue what they're doing. I was going to say now he's making it a mission that these people do not inhabit his home. Exactly. He's going out there and we're like, okay, I'm checking. Okay, not happening. Mm-hmm. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. And free the city of the Lord from their grip. Exactly. Now, 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 in context, again, David is king in Jerusalem. He's king in, in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And he's basically protecting what comes into his home. And he's calling them out. I think he's like instilling fear in these people's At hearts. At this point, yeah. You know? I mean, shoot, if I was king, I would too. Like, Exactly. You need to cut off evildoers from your home. Because here's the thing. Ready? In that instance, the Jerusalem was a temple. Okay. You know? That was the temple. Now, which I'm not sure if Solomon's... T- no, impossible. Solomon's temple wasn't built because he wasn't even born, or maybe he was born, but he wasn't king. But whatever. Tabernacle, call it what you will, right? Yeah. That was the temple where God inhabited. There could be no impurities there at all. No sin. There could be no evil going on because God's presence would not allow it. It would not tolerate it. In the city, possibly. In the temple, absolutely not. Mm -mm. Now... The purity from the temple, David, in my opinion, what he was trying to do was expand that purity out into the city mm. to make sure that, sure that this was a city of God. Mm. It all starts in the home. Mm-hmm. If my, it all starts within. Within. It starts within. Yeah. Then my home will follow in suit. Right. Then the people who I entertain, I will make sure that they are- My circle. Exactly. That they line up with God's purpose. Yeah. Then what's going to happen- Everybody who we interact is going to be impacted by our message and by our presence and by who we are. And they're going to see the difference in us. If we do not start at the top, we're not going to be able to end it up here. 
because my interpretation, because again, this wasn't the law, different different rules back then. Now, in the time of grace, where we need to reach people with Jesus, when we hear when I when I hear cutting people off, evildoers, what I hear is we're gonna bring them to the feet of Jesus. We're gonna we're gonna find men who never thought that they were going to be anything but hoes, Mm -hmm. anything but cheaters, anything but liars, anything but, you know, we're going to bring them to the feet of Christ and they're going to be the husbands that many of these women need. Men who are already married, we're going to bring them to the feet of Jesus. This is what we're doing. We're reaching the people that are in the city of God that are not acting according to God's ways. Yeah. And shoot, even, even for us, even for us, I feel like we are talking to ourselves at this point as well. I'm reaching you, you're reaching me, because we're both just, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be very, very intentional. Make it our mission. Because God doesn't want complacent people. No, absolutely. Complacency doesn't fly in the kingdom. Oh, well, I'm going to work on myself and that's it. Mm-mm. Work on yourself. Figure that out. Work on your home. Figure that out. Make sure you get your standards right. Make sure that you entertain only the right people. Figure that out. But Make sure you build the foundation strong. Exactly. But this has to expand to others. If it does not reach others' people's hearts, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. If you're not impacting anyone, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. If you're not bringing people to Jesus, you're not really doing much. All you're doing is taking all the good resources, taking them for yourself, and saying, oh, I'm a Christian. It does not work that way. In fact, I feel like that's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's exactly what the devil wants, for you to live in self-righteousness. Yeah, I love that you're saying all that because, honestly, there's so many people who, who and I love the people who, even if they have a small platform who aren't famous, like even people in this in this town who have who have something going on for themselves, no matter what it is. Right. And I love that they use their platforms honestly to to spread, even if it's like you know this is my workout for today. For anybody who's starting the gym, this is what I do for back. Exactly. Or I, I know somebody who's into real estate. Oh, this is what I do in real estate. You know, this is what I do, and I love that they share that information. They don't just hold it for themselves. Yeah. For others to look at them and just be like, instead of saying, "Wow, how did he get up there?" They can say. Well, he did it. Mm-hmm. He's giving tools as well. So can I. So can I. I can do what he's doing. Yeah. And and again, this is the only reason I do this, right? To reach people for God. Obviously, there's sub reasons. For example, I want men to be good husbands. Yeah. I want men to be good stewards of their money. I want men to be good stewards of their family. I want mm-hmm. men to be good single men. It's not just about the married men. Yeah. I want men to be happy in their single days. I have had so many men reach out to me saying, hey, listen, ignore the comments. Ignore what other people are saying. You saved my marriage. You made me do a 180 on the way that I approached my wife. You allowed me to bring my guard down and understand that my wife isn't fighting at me She's not yelling at me. She sees something bigger in me, and she's frustrated that I'm not living up to my potential. Yeah. I You allowed me to decipher the words that my wife is not saying. But we can never get paid ever a day for this, and, and that right there. Is worth it. Because at the end of the day, unless we get our priorities right as men, forget about everyone else. If men don't get it right, if we keep going down the path we're going, we're going to mess up. If we keep messing up the way that we're go- that we're going, society does not stand a chance. All these people that want to uh, interject themselves into your life, all these people that want to influence you, your wife, your kids, everybody, everyone, if we do not take a stance in righteousness, 
we're going to allow everything to fly. Absolutely everything to fly. There's not going to be a single thing that's going to be not permissible. Mm-hmm. Your kids are not going to respect you. Your wife is not going to respect you. Society isn't going to respect you. You're going to be a shell of the man that God created you to be. If you have any doubts of what type of man you are supposed to be, please read Psalm 101. Yeah. It is going to give you all of the facts. Starts within. Mm -hmm. It expands to your home. It expands to your circle. It expands to your city. Technically, it could be anywhere, but it expands outward. It starts within and it goes outward. I love this. Me too, man. This is... I'm glad you brought this up because this is... I feel like psalms are overlooked mm-hmm. so many times because they're songs. Yeah. Bro, this this is a, a psalm of day, right? These are songs. Yeah. That David... Is, this is probably sang, you know? <laughs> Maybe. And I don't know how you sing this, but... I mean, you know, they're lyrics. But point is, we overlook all these things, but they contain so much truth that if we were to live by... Bro, Psalm 1... Blessed is the man. Did I forget Psalm 1? Oh, hell no. Blessed is the one who does not step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinner. I don't like this version. Bro, I don't know why you you do it to yourself. Bro, (laughs) I do it. Hold on, hold on. I got it right here. I got it right here. Uh, KJV, hello. There you go. Can I just read mine? I got it right here. Blessed is, blessed is the man that does not walk in the way, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. It's all the same thing, bro. It's going back and forth. Yeah, there is a standard for us to follow, a standard that man is supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. If we do them, we're going to be blessed. I'm not sure that's going to be monetarily blessed. I'm not promising that. Yeah. In fact, I'm almost guaranteeing that it's not going to be monetarily blessed. It can be a byproduct. Mm-hmm. But. If we do the opposite, we're going to fall deep within our own sin. It's going to be impossible for us to get back. And this is why I feel like it's such an important thing to follow up with the word of God. What does God have for you? In those, in Meaning, I'm not talking about money. I'm not a prosperity preacher. What did God write for you to follow? What were the instructions? What's the manual say? Oh, I'm not supposed to do that? Then don't do it. I'm not supposed to look at that. Don't look at it. I'm supposed to go ahead and do this. Then do it. It's crazy. Oftentimes we look at God like, oh, you know, he just, he wants to ruin our fun. He wants to do this and that. But like, if you really put it into perspective, any, any fathers out there, at the end of the day, when you correct your kids and you tell them, don't do this, do this instead, it's all for a reason. Yeah. So in the same way, we have this book, we have this manual that was given to us, not only just to one, know our creator, but so also to follow the standard that he has set out for us so that we can live a prosperous life, like you said, not necessarily monetarily, but although, yeah, it can happen, but also live a fulfilling life. Like it says, like I said, I read in First Thessalonians, a quiet life, mm-hmm. which comes with peace with that. And I, this is this is a generation that that's what they're longing for. I see two things in this generation, spirituality and peace. Yes. Two things that, that this generation is just like, I want, I want, I want. Unfortunately, we're just looking at it. We're just looking for it in the wrong places. Bro, crystals are not going to bring you any of that. Crystals are supposed to represent spirituality and peace and cleaning up your space and all that. You can burn all the sage you want. Yeah. 
that's not going to bring you peace or, or spirituality. You can get all the tarot readings you want. It's not going to work. I mean, it'll bring you some type of spirituality. <laughs> 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 but at the end of the day, we just want to encourage you guys, men and men and women, obviously. I f- I hate that it, it has to go without but yeah. Uh men and women, if you apply these principles to your life, obviously the first thing you need to do, find God. After that, follow these principles. You're going to see a difference yeah. in your life. Okay? Now, I want to go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> do, should we do it? Nah, you know what? No. Do what? I was going to do the question of the day, but I'm going to leave it here. Just because I don't want to deviate the, okay. the, the, the conversation. We'll do it next week for sure, though. All right. Um, with that being said, I don't have much else to add here. No, me either. All right. For those of you listening, uh, this is the end of the show. You know, follow us on Instagram at uh, underscore underscore stay uncomfortable pod. Hannah's not here to I'll do help. it. Out. Well, yeah, you got a typewriter is better. Wow, a typewriter. Really Where am. are you, bro? I'm in the I'm in the eighteen hundreds. You know that people use typewriters in the nineties, right? And even to this day. You felt the need to correct me. I did. I did. But for those, there you go. For those that are on the live, you guys can follow us. For those who are listening, underscore stay uncomfortable pod altogether on Instagram. Feel free to follow us. And uh, very soon, you will be able to follow us on YouTube as well. And we're 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 super ex- <laughs> we're super excited for that. To be honest, I myself, I'm I can't wait to get this boat going, and then you guys can actually feel more. Um, Included in, in in our conversations and our and in our videos and our and in the podcast. No, straight up, we we are going to be moving forward with quality. Obviously, we, we're going to bring this up a notch because I feel like you guys deserve a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to be just so you guys know, we're going to be revisiting a lot of subjects, a lot of the topics that we need to we need to talk about. So, with yeah. that being said, without further ado, thank you so much for tuning in. This was Staying Comfortable. My name is Johan. My name is Oscar. And we'll guys we'll see you guys next week. Love.